This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source, like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess, it's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Spreading freedom across the nation. This is the Buck Sexton Show. All right, team, welcome back to the Freedom Hunt for hour two of our, I know, I know, makes me sad too, our last Freestyle Friday on the noon show. Uh, I'm definitely not going to be on air next Friday on The Blaze. Um, I believe the Thursday before that will be our very last show, although the day before Wednesday may actually be the last show. It depends on some logistical stuff. I'll let you know um, early next week, but uh, there will not I will not be on air next Friday. That is uh, that is confirmed at this point Uh, on this show. I'll be on air six to nine Eastern every night. National syndication Buck Sexton with America now go on iTunes. Please subscribe. It's really easy to listen live the same way you listen to Blaze Radio on your smartphone or iPhone using the, the Blaze app or on theblaze.com. You can go uh, on the iHeartRadio app, just type in Buck Saxon with America Now, and you can listen. Hook it up to your little Bluetooth speaker somewhere. I'll keep you company while you're eating dinner, having dinner, making dinner, late at the office, driving, you know, driving around, whatever it is you got to do. Love to, love to continue hanging out with your team. It's really important to me, so please do uh, make that transition with me. Uh, I'm there's a part of me that hopes that, you know, I'll get 100% of Team Buck will move on with me to the new show. Not that I don't want you to keep listening to the Blaze Radio, of course. Blaze Radio is full of my colleagues, and they're fantastic. But I'm hoping you all join me in my next venture and my next uh, opportunity because you're the reason that I got here. Um, I can tell you, I was going to talk to you about some of the disappointments that I've had in media and the stuff that I've had to deal with, uh, which I will in a second because that's always kind of fun. Um, but first, let me just tell you that on, on the radio side, uh, you know, I the... Saturday show did really well, and then they decided to put me on Monday through Friday on the Blaze Radio. And the great thing about digital radio as opposed to terrestrial, which is what you think of as usual radio when you're in a car, is that the numbers on digital radio are excellent, meaning we know who's listening, how many people, not who is, don't worry, no one's like tracking you, but we have a sense of how many people are listening, and just like with a website, and we can get very good numbers on that. So there's not there's no guesswork in you know who's list in who brings in listeners and who's maintaining the audience's attention and they took it you know Dom and Glenn and the Blaze took a chance on me with the Monday through Friday show uh, right after Glenn 
And I can tell you that the reason that everything worked out with me going to premiere is because it, it was the number, you know, numbers don't lie. And a lot of you were joining me and it was, we, we made the blaze radio stream successful and, and uh, I hope that it continues to be, and I know it will be successful, successful uh, upon my departure. So, um, uh, what was I, oh, I was going to tell you some stories about what you have to deal with on the, so I was mentioning on the website side, I think that for most people, uh, writing for a website needs to be a part of other, they've either got writing a book or becoming a more traditional reporter at an outlet because aggregation is an interesting skill, but you learn it, you get good at it, and then there you realize that it is not a rare enough skill. And so whenever you're in a work environment and you're replaceable, especially in the private sector context, you're you're somewhat vulnerable. There's a vulnerability to your employment. Right? This is I'm not trying to scare anyone or freak anyone out. I think you all know this. Um, but the most, the, the biggest question anyone's going to ask with whether you, uh, you know, whether you have job security or not is, well, can they replace you? And if you're an aggregator, mostly they might call you an editor or a writer, but if you're mostly aggregating at a website, there are limitations to how um, how unique that ability or how unique you will be with that ability. So there are other things you have to do. This is what brought me to start doing TV and, and doing radio. And uh, TV was a very uh, humbling experience for me at first. I always, the speaking and the content part of it, I thought I, I got pretty well. But you realize very quickly that in TV is there's the higher, you're always reminded of the hierarchy. How long is your segment? Where is your segment placed in the show? How does the host treat you? Um, how often are you? One of the things you have to get used to in doing TV is you get, booked and then unbooked and then booked and then unbooked and unbooked again. And, un, you know, uh, I have had networks that I don't even care if they ever call me, uh, reaching out to me and be very aggressive about how I need to come on some show. And I'm like, I don't, and, and it's for free. They're not even paying you. Um, I've had networks that are not paying me reach out at on a Saturday at seven o'clock in the morning, my phone will ring as, as though that's, as though I as though I want to be woken up on a Saturday morning at seven a.m. so that I can run like a maniac, throw on a suit, and go show up and have some left wing host yell at me for five minutes, and then go go back home and try to sleep. I mean, it's just it is a it is brutal. Um, TV is your if you have a job, in, in my opinion, and this includes people who are wildly talented and who have all kinds of gifts and abilities, and if you have a job in TV that you are well paid for you are incredibly lucky because there are far more people who are really uh, dedicated to the craft and good at it and believe in it than there are jobs. And in those jobs, there are a lot of people who are terrible, not just at TV, but are bad people, are dishonest. Um, they are uh, either friends with the right people in the executive uh, in the executive suites of these uh, major companies that are that either own the media companies or that run the media companies. Um, it's, it's a very inside, inside, uh, insidery, inside baseball, uh, set up with a lot of these, uh, TV news organizations. So you just have to accept that going in. And there's a very fine line between I'm doing this for exposure, for the skill set, for my brand, and I'm being taken advantage of and throwing away many hours of my life for just because I'm, you know, in a very difficult spot. And you know, there's there's a, an exploitation that occurs of certainly of people's time and taking advantage of the professional insecurity that a lot of people feel on television. I mean, that's what I mean by the booking and the unbooking. I mean, I've had, I've been called in on a Saturday 
before, and this is when I, look, it's one CNN was paying me. So for all I will sometimes criticize the editorial direction of CNN, at least for, for you know, for, for two years, CNN paid me. And with Fox, at least I want to be there and I care about what they're doing and I care about their audience and its home team. And, you know, but I, I've done other TV, too, at other places. Um, and I've also done CNN unpaid. And I, I got to tell you, it's quite a uh, it's quite a thing when you get pulled in, let's say, on a Saturday and you're waiting in a you're waiting in, in, in a box, which is a remote studio and you'll be in this remote studio, you'll be sitting in a chair and they'll say, oh, you know, we've got, we've got, we're, we're coming to you next. And this will be a Saturday, maybe at eight or nine o'clock in the morning. So this is, you know, after you're working all week, you're not getting paid to do this. You're there for free. And they'll say, well, you, you've got, we've got breaking news. We had to switch the segment. So just, can you, can you, can you stay with us, Buck, for just like another, another 20 or 30 minutes? And we'll get right to you. And then the 30 minutes will pass and they'll get back to you and they'll say, you know, we just, we just, oh, so many people booked today. Can you just, and you can sit there in this room by yourself for free and they will keep telling you you'll be on TV and telling you you'll be on TV and then maybe two, three hours will pass. And depending on what show it is and, and are they going to keep you through or maybe use you on the next show. And, and then they'll just, as, as though your time is nothing. Your time has no value to anyone. They'll just say, we're sorry, we're not going to use you today. Bye. And then you have to make the decision in your head to say, okay, I understand this is the game. This is TV. This is how it works. You know, TV is a privilege, not a right. Uh, And it's a rare privilege at that. And so I just have to say thank you. I say thank you for having no respect for my time, for keeping me around here for no reason, for not paying me. If you're getting paid, you know, a job is a job. I'm talking about free, everybody. I'm talking about free TV. Um, and you sit there for three hours and then they'll just say, sorry. And I, I've even been in a situation where I've pulled the microphone off and been like, okay, you, since you do not pay me and, and my time is my own, I'm going to leave. And they will get a little, uh, some producers will become a little indignant. Like how, how dare you not just sit here for free at our beck and call for as long as we want. You know, we, now then you get into, well, what is this? Is this for some you know, is this for like CNN International and no one's going to see me that I know or care about anyway. And so who cares? Or is this a major show that I need to have that I want to build a relationship with and that matters to me? And they, you know, they'll get the leeway, right? There are some shows where your relationship with that show is important enough. And this is true of me. It's true of everybody in this business where they know, like they know that, that they can, they can call on me and trust me and I won't complain and I get it. Because we're built, there's a relationship between the show and the talent, or in this case, the show and the guest, that is 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 value in and of itself. But there are other times when you're just like, I'm just here because I'm trying to do as much TV as I can for the exposure for my brand, but I'm not here to sit around for three or four hours and not do any TV. So the worst that I ever had it actually was uh, at CNN on the, I think it was like maybe the day after the Boston Marathon bombing. Uh, they brought me in, and look, I know Boston Marathon bombing is hor- horrific. I mean, who am I to sit here and com- complain to you about the TV in light of what happened? But I mean, I was doing TV, and this is what we're talking about. It has nothing to do with the Boston Marathon bombing; it just has to do with the way people treat you in television. 
I showed up there and they kept me, they must've kept me around for three, three hours. Uh, and, I, and I was turning down other shows. I mean, I was turning down other opportunities. Uh, I was you know, running around. The, I was trying, I was, people wanted me to do radio interviews, write something. I was doing blaze hits as I could. I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. And they kept me here for three hours and didn't even have the, uh, and I was sitting there mic'd up. So I, I, was, so I was led to believe that I was going to go on any minute. And they, they didn't even tell me that they had finally gone to a taped, they had gone to some t- a taped two-hour show. They'd run, they'd run out of their, their course of a live show. And so I was just sitting there with a mic on like a fool. No one even came to tell me anything. And I finally walked up to one of the you know backstage tech guys, one of the sound engineer guys. And I was like, so there's not even, a, they're not even doing a show anymore, right? I'm just sitting here with a microphone on. I mean, this was you know a few years ago. Uh, sitting here with a microphone on for no reason. And they're like, yeah, that's, you, you might want to go home. I was like, yeah, I think... I think I'm going to take you up on that. I think I'm going to go home. So uh, TV is is rough that way. And it also means that when I see people on TV who, you know, I, I don't know how they have, some of them have the, the leverage they think they do to make the demands they do for salary and everything else because, so yeah, some people, they leave and the ratings drop considerably. And it's, that's rare. Most of, the, most of the different shows, especially on the cable news side of things, the platform is where the value is. The host is lucky to, is lucky to have the platform in most cases, not all cases, you know, but in most cases, that's what I've seen. And you know, people that are like that get paid these huge sums of money. I always think it's funny when they if, people who have been paid huge sums of money they leave. You know, I mean, I think Piers Morgan at CNN was getting paid some some astronomical figure. Never had very good ratings, and I believe at least at first he was getting paid a lot more than. Although I don't know this for a fact, but this is my belief. He's getting paid a lot more than Don Lemon was. And I, I think even though that show can be a total mess and I, I think it's gotten even messier in recent recent months, uh, Don Lemon's ratings have always been better than Piers Morgan's were overall. So and that just goes to show you it's just, you know, it's it's not somebody who I who I do not like or trust that much on the on the TV side of things once gave me this bit of advice, which I thought was really interesting. TV is not a meritocracy. And if you think it is, you're always going to be disappointed. Um, the one thing I will say for radio as a medium versus TV, which has always been really important to me is in radio, you have to do the work. Nobody else can do it for you. That's one of the things I love about this. I have to show up. I have to give you my best thoughts, energy, research. I have to pour my heart and soul into this. And when I don't, or when I can't, you know, you know, when I'm sick or I'm dragging or, you know, I'm at the point where I have been doing, you know, five hours of radio a day for over a month. Uh, it, you start to pick up that it's just you, you lose a certain, um, you know, you lose a certain connection with, with the audience um, and, and the audience knows, you know. In TV, you've got, there's visuals, there's pre-packaged there's, there's material that they run, you know, you get to take breaks during the segment, you got commercial breaks, you got prompter, producers writing questions for, I mean, the staff of like the Aaron Burnett show at CNN is like 40 people work there or something. It's, it's crazy. I mean, there's like, I, I look at this, I'm like, there's so many people working on these shows and you know, it just, it just goes to show you though, that t- TV, if you have the job, these, I mean, I, I don't think, of course, everyone who has a job in TV would then tell you that they're like, I'm telling you now my story and lessons and everything. They've all been through the ringer. They've all been through really unfair, tough, rough stuff for the most part. Some of them are, you know, there's the Ronan Pharaohs of the world who, get a TV show on a cable network and you think to yourself, well, that's just crazy. Like, what, why are they doing that, right? I mean, that, that certainly does happen, but it's rare, really rare. Uh, most people that get a show, they've had to go through all kinds of really, um, 
undermining and in some cases even soul crushing stuff in order to get there. And, you know, that's that's hard. Uh, you I think people sometimes lose like the, the general public or the viewing audience can lose sight sometimes. These are actually just all people and, you know, telling them that they're stupid and ugly and horrible all the time, especially, you know, when, when you're telling somebody who's stupid, you know, when I when I make fun of somebody like Keith Olbermann, for example, um, Keith Olbermann, I don't know him personally, but I know that he was making $10 million a year at current TV. And I know that current TV was losing a ton of money while he was making $10 million a year. So he's got lots and lots of money to sit around and count and play with. He's going to be fine no matter what. He doesn't care what I think of him. And I've also heard from people who have worked with him that he's just not a nice person or a good guy. Now, that's uh, not, you know, I couldn't take that to the bank or to court. You know, it's not, or not that I take it to court. You know what I mean? That's not gospel, but I've heard from people that I know and trust who worked very closely with him that he's just not nice. Um, and uh, so, but when I, when I make fun of somebody like that, I usually think to myself, or when you do, well, okay, you know, maybe maybe it, it makes him sad before he, you know, hops in his hops in his uh, chauffeured Maserati or something and hangs out in his penthouse apartment overlooking Fifth Ave- overlooking Central Park. I mean, that's you know, he, he's going to be okay. The people, what I always find really rough are the people that are just barely they're on TV and they're just struggling. And there are a lot of people that you'll see on TV who don't make very much money. I mean, I know them and I know what the pay scale is, and especially in a place like New York City, you know, they're they're making uh, yeah, barely an adult salary. You know, I mean, they're, they're, they're just, just getting by. And the abuse that they take. And so when they eventually get to a place where they are able to have things their way and call the shots, I do understand there's a huge temptation to be a jerk and a diva. And to it's almost like a child who's been abused will have terrible ramifications down the line, you know, in, in, a, in a large percentage of cases, just because that's the... That's the imprinting. That's the way the brain works. That's the way the whole this this will play out. You know, a child who's treated badly by his parents is going to have what, whatever they are, real issues later. You see this with TV hosts because you just, on the way, you are undermined. You are uh, attacked. It's really rough. It's nasty. And uh, it's it's gross. So anyway, the, the, and on the one hand, yeah, everyone's lucky who has a big job in TV and gets paid a lot of money to do it. On the other hand, I got to say, um, there are some days where I'm just like, I will say this, my if, if I ever got out of the media game, which I, I hope not to, I mean, I hope to be on radio for the next 20 years, I really do, and I hope to get more opportunities in TV than I've been given thus far. I'll be honest with you, I think I've earned more opportunities in TV than I've been given thus far. Uh, so, you know, there's, I'm sure a lot of other people that work in TV and have done a lot of free TV feel the same way. Um, but I'm going to keep working and keep trying, keep getting bigger and better. And this is where I also turn to all of you and say, you know, please tell people about the radio show. Uh, but with all that said, um, you know what? I actually have to go into a break here. Team, I will be right back. Stay with me. Buck Sexton. Taking intelligence to a whole new level. The Blaze Radio Network. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. 
Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Sexton. Welcome back, team. Uh, so I know I've uh, this is story time with Buck. The uh, the the diary the diary of a Buck version that we've got going on here is probably not what you expected for our last Freestyle Friday, but I hope some of you are enjoying it, and it's uh, a way for me to share. I don't know. I wanted to share more of what I do and, and how I think about this stuff with you than I, I well in a different way than I usually do. And so I've taken that opportunity here and I've got some more. I'm going to close out some thoughts uh, on the media and working it and everything on the other side of this. And uh, I promise next week when I'm on live, we will be taking I'm hoping we'll get a lot of your calls. Uh, I would really like that today. I'm not really going to be taking any calls. Um, but I will be taking calls next week uh, for my last few days of the show. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun, I promise. And every segment, I'm going to tell you, please come to Buck's Action with America now, 6 to 9 Eastern on Premier Radio Networks. The Premier's talker lineup right now is Glenn 9 to 12, Rush 12 to 3, Hannity 3 to 6, Buck 6 to 9. So uh, let's, let's make that 6 to 9 on Premier you know, uh, uh, a big success. If you all come with me, I know it will be, and it would mean the world to me. Um, and if you don't and it doesn't work out and I don't like it there and in a few years in radio or whatever, you know, I'll go open up a grilled cheese shop in a in a bamboo hut somewhere in the South Pacific and uh, we'll go from there. All right, team, I'll hit a break. I'll be right back. This is the Buck Sexton Show. The Blaze Radio Network. All right, team. So I was talking about TV and and the realities of working in it. And look, I'm not somebody who's had a big uh, cable news show to himself or something yet. So I'm hoping there's a lot. Hoping this is just an early, early observations and a a first chapter in the book, so to speak. Not that I'm writing a book on this stuff. That would be kind of interesting, I think. Um, But I also thought it'd be fun to kind of share with you some of the uh, things that I've learned about and, and you can apply this to when you're watching it, uh, when you're watching TV, you get a sense of, oh, that's what's going on here. Um, I mean, a few things. First of all, if you watch closely, you can usually tell who is reading their questions off a prompter versus who is coming up with their questions on their own, which maybe you don't care, but I always think it's kind of fun to play that game because a lot of hosts you see are looking very earnestly into the camera and they're going, well, you know, excuse me, Mr. Speaker, but what exactly is the house going to do in response to, and they're usually reading it off a prompter. And, you know, it's interesting to me because I, you know, I'm used to just doing questions, especially for radio, I do questions on the fly. 
that doesn't matter as much. Maybe that's not as fun as uh, some of the other stuff that you can look for. For example, um, always look at the way I, I've told you this before. I've said this even on the show before who the host interrupts is that's always signaling to the audience. This person is wrong. I don't like this person for the most part, not always, but that's usually certainly that was my experience at CNN that hosts, they don't interrupt. Now, sometimes they'll jump in to clarify what a, like a a CNN host will jump in to clarify what a Democrat strategist or a Democrat, whatever has to say but they'll do it in, an, in a way that's supposed to be additive and that's really meant to enhance their credibility of the Democrat talking head. So somebody say, well, you know, with Obamacare and, you know, the uh, Affordable Care Act, uh, you know, the host will jump in and say, which, by the way, the newest sign-up show is, you know, exceeding expectations. And like, oh, yes, yes, thank you, you know, you know, Susie, like, that's, that's, that's great. You know, thanks, Bob, you know, I really appreciate that. Um, that's not the interruption I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, oh, but, 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 wait, 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 what you just said. That's not what was said there, Buck. And they do that. So automatically um, they're setting, it's not even just about making you look like you're wrong, which of course it is, but it sends a signal to the audience from the host that what they're doing is, uh, is establishing what side they're on without openly saying I'm a partisan. So let's say it's CNN or, or MS, well, MSNBC is partisan, ever knows it. So I mean, CNN host, this is a better example, uh, Buck and Bob. Bob is left and Buck is right. So usually the way, first, I have to say it's depending on how they've structured the segment, the host has already had the whole read-in of, uh, you know, the, the rundown of all of the whatever they're going to talk about in the segment usually. And they've already framed the discussion a certain way. So they get to frame the discussion and then you get to come in. And look, that's fine. They can frame the discussion however they want. The part of it that I find very frustrating and and, and even an occasion, you know, I, I would I would raise a, a stink about this is in the way that the segment is then run because there's a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of dishonesty in it and it doesn't necessarily translate in a way that the audience can really see and tell. The first thing is, as I said, the interruption is always a very important mode. Oh, also what they uh, what they write as your what they call a chyron, which is the information that comes up right below when you see the talking head. And then there's the, you know, Buck Sexton, Blaze, you know, Buck Sexton, right wing psychopath who hates puppies, like whatever they put below my, my head and, and up in the screen. That is that's on the chyron. And that's uh you know, I'll tell, I can't tell you how many times I've told the different, in different shows. Okay. I'd like to be introduced as host of the Buck Saxton show. And it'll be, you know, national security editor for Glenn Beck's the blaze.com. And they're sort of spitting out the words as they say it. I'm like, okay, so they're trying to, and then we'll mention that I'm former CIA sometimes either. That's always, I always, that's always a huge tell. That's always a huge tip off when we're, especially if we're talking about a national security segment, I've explicitly told the producers I'm former CIA. I served in Iraq and Afghanistan. I've earned those credentials you know, please say former CIA officer and they'll drop that because it's going to be a more partisan segment. And they'll say, you know, national security editor for, for I haven't been the national security editor, the blaze really. in in I don't know, a little while, maybe I still technically am, but it's not really what I've been doing mostly for the blaze. Uh, so they, they, they will take away the title that I want and they'll replace it with something else. And then you got to say to yourself, okay, so that's how, you know, now it's on right now. You got to crack the knuckles and know that this is, this is going to be a street fight. So they do that. Um, the other one of the other things I really I really don't like is when they intentionally allow the Democrat 
uh, or, or he, you know, the, the pivot and punch, I call it. So what it is, is they'll come to me first. Usually they go to the Democrat first and the Democrat will have uninterrupted, you know, two minutes and the host may come in and say, yes, you're so wise and brilliant. Oh yes, that's so great. The host is nodding his or her head, enhancing the credibility of the Democrat guest the whole time. And this is the theatrics of it. This is how the game is played. And then uh, they'll come to me and it'll be, you know, but Buck, let's have you, let's have you defend this quote of this GOP state assemblyman from last week where he said this dumb thing, you know, do you and your party agree with that? And we'll have nothing really to do with what was just, and you're saying, well, what, what is that? Why am I, why do I have to defend someone I've, I don't know anything about, I've never heard anything about, and that wasn't even what we were invited here to talk about for the segment. But now you're on TV, it's live. What are you going to do? Say, oh, that's not what you said we were going to talk about. Uh, that doesn't work. So you have to just, you have to roll with it, right? So they, they, they try to pin you down into something where you're on the defensive right away. And then, and then the host, usually then the Democrat will jump in also sometimes. And so you'll get a two-on-one situation. And maybe the host, if it gets too aggressive, will say, hold on, Democrat, hold on. And then the, and then, and then the host who now has establish the momentum against you will um, push and push. And, you know, you know, what about this? And what about this? you said this? And and sh- and then you try to speak and then they go, well, hold, hold on a second. And this is I call the clean. So um, this is that's the, the you know, the, this is the cleanup portion of it. Right. Um, the pivot and punch. Well, sorry. The cleanup is when they do this to you. They get you in the corner. And then I'm just making up these names, by the way. But this is what I like to call it. And then the cleanup is they turn to the Democrat and it's going to be the last segment. And they've already, let's say the Democrat get to, got to start and then you're going and, and the Democrat gets to start and then the host turns to you and now the host has been jumping on you and the Democrat has been arguing with you. And now that she, she or, uh, he or she will say, okay, hold on. And then they go for the cleanup, which is when they get, they hold on, Buck. No, no, you had your say. You know, I was talking over you and it was it was bull and it was unfair, but you had your say. Now let's listen to the Democrat and what he has to say about this issue. But but Buck, Buck, please stop being so rude. Stop being such an animal. OK, we, we need to hear what the Democrat has to say. And then the Democrat gets to go on and on and on. And then when I try to go back, back can I, can I, the host goes, I'm sorry, Buck, it's, it's time for a commercial break. And everyone sitting at home who's a Democrat, who's a smarmy, self-righteous, you know, virtue signaling punk gets to feel all like, hey, 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 like the look what they just did to the look what they just did to the Republican. I mean, this was that was like constant. That's you deal with that all the time. I mean, it's even worse when you have like a four person panel, uh, which I only did because I was getting paid and I was on contract and I figured it was, you know, I, I did. I had some moments, I think, where I did pretty darn well for the three on ones that I faced on occasion. Uh, but it's hard because you start looking like a, a yelling maniac and you're getting so little time and there's no equal time and it's all arrayed against you. Uh, and by the way, this is not anyone who would tell me, oh, Buck, you're whining about this. This is reality. I mean, I could break down. I could break down in 10 and 10 or 15 second increments how these TV segments, what's going on and what, what the ha- what, how this is all happening. I mean, I really study this and have been a part of this. So I'm, I'm quite aware. I used to just watch it religiously and now I've partaken in it for years. The pivot and punch, though, uh, I like I like this. This is another one that they do. So you got the cleanup, which is like they give you you're in the middle and then they box you out and then they get let the Democrat finish it off. So it's, you know, Democrat first, squeeze you. 
uh, you know, harass you and then and then and then make sure that the floor is totally belonging to the Democrat to finish out the segment. So this is for a short segment. It really only works. Maybe this will be on the second go round, too. So, you know, the, the Democrat gets a question. You get a question. Democrat, you you get pushed in the corner and the Democrat gets to finish it off and tell everybody how great Obama is or how great Hillary is or whatever. Um, that's the cleanup. The pivot and punch, though, is my favorite, which is when I mean, in my favorite. And then it's the most annoying in some ways where they go to the conser- they go to the conservative, in this case, me first. The host interrupts me a couple of times and then boxes me out and hands it to the Democrat uh, right away. So I never even I've never even gotten to uh, make my case with any uh, with any clarity uninterrupted. I'm on you're on defense from the first moment. And then because they hand it to the Democrat this is the, 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 to punch you. Right. The pivot is the blah, blah, blah. No, you're you're done. They hand it to the Democrat. Now the Democrat starts assaulting your position and maybe even assaulting you know, your your uh, credibility, which I'll get into that in a second, too. And now you're on defense. And the perception of the of the audience is that you are in a hole and you're a jerk and you're right wing and everything else. So those are sort of the different some of the different ways that they do this. There's also the double tap, which is where you have a host who in a very in a, knowing there's a short segment or there's a short amount of time after a long winded Democrat. And keep in mind, when you're sitting there, you're it looks like you're being lectured by the Democrat if you're the other if you're on the other side. Right. So if you haven't gotten to make your point, you're sitting there. OK, clock is ticking. Clock is ticking. And Obama is so wonderful. And Obama is so great. And Trump's such a racist. And Trump is so bad. Or, you know, Hillary's so wonderful. Hillary's so great. Republicans are evil. Republicans are evil. You're sitting there and you're trying to be polite. But you're it looks like you're being some little stooge, some little punk. And you can't say anything. So the so that that also adds into the when you finally get to go, you just you, you, you want to say so much and you look a little frazzled and, you know, they're always playing with the time of how much time you get versus the other side gets, especially uninterrupted time. That's the big uh, that's the big indicator. But the double tap is when they uh, they go once you know that clock someone's got gotten a, it was a long intro to the segment before they bring on the talking heads. Now they bring on the Democrat, the Republican talking head. The Democrat goes and it's, you know. It's just, oh, Hillary and the Democrats so wonderful and Republicans are so racist. And let me wax philosophical about how racist and awful Republicans are and how wonderful Democrats are and tick, tick, tick off the clock. And the clock is just losing more and more time. You know, you're sitting there, you're on national TV and you haven't had a chance to fight back or say anything yet. And all all the audience is seeing is you sitting there quietly while this person is, you know, uh, more or less calling you out and annihilating your position or at least trying to. And then the host will go, wait, wait, buck, 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 hold on, hold on. Let, you know, uh, insert talking, you know, Democrat talking head here, whoever, you know, whoever you find most annoying and odious. I could definitely give you some suggestions, you know, uh, let, let's have you go again, you know, let the Democrat go again. And now you're just you, there. There's no it would be like somebody if you're in a you know speech and debate tournament and someone else is gone for 10 minutes and then they go, buck, you have one minute for rebuttal. And then they say, and then afterwards they say, uh, "Sorry, uh, the other the other person's argument was much more convincing than yours." Well, they've been going for ten minutes. You got you get one. I mean, this is why there's no equal. I mean, I I, I think there'd be a I think there's a great need, and there'd be a really um, excellent. Uh, I think there would be really excellent audience response to a, a true equal time. And this is maybe what I'm one of the reasons I'm talking about this today because I would love to investigate doing this in some capacity. A true equal time, talking heads, uh, ideological, ideas-based throwdown, you know, where, where it's real, but it's, it's, it's not 
No, no pretense about we don't have an opinion or the host doesn't have an opinion. I mean, the host is just a referee. And, you know, you got, you've got, you know, 60 seconds. And it should be like PTI. You've got 60 seconds. You've got 60 seconds. You've got a minute. I know they've, they've tried things like this on Crossfire and others, but I, I you know, I, I think that this would be uh, effective. And uh, certainly the way they set up debates in the presidential debates is more long. And even that could go off the rail sometimes. But this would be, I think it would be really interesting for people to see that. And, and uh, I don't know where that exists right now in TV. I don't know where it exists right now. I, I see, because even on shows where, you know, Tucker's show on Fox will have some very robust exchanges, but he's the host. And so he's, in, he's inherently in a, and I, I think he actually tries to be very um, polite and fair to his guests, even the crazy lefties who come on a show that, you know, it's, you know it's just going to turn into a food fight pretty quickly, but he at least tries to you know, maintain decorum and respect. Uh, but he's the host, and you're always at a disadvantage on somebody else's show. So uh, I think it'd be interesting to have a show where it's a real format, and the ho- but the host would have to just be there. And it's so funny because I think so few hosts would want it. You know, people don't want to sign up for this job because they all want the ability to also be playing the game of politics, partisanship, advocacy. Even if they don't want to public, even if they don't want to take the heat for that, they want to be able to do it when they want to be able to do it. So anyway, that's maybe one thing I've come to today. Uh, Team, I'm going to hit a break here. We'll be back in just a few. Stay with me. Let your voice be heard. Hello. 888-900-3393. On the Blaze Radio Network. Dispensing the truth. This is Buck Sexton on the Blaze Radio Network. Our team, welcome back to the Freedom Hut. Uh, I'm going to be live tonight, 6 to 9 Eastern, on Buck Sexton with America Now, so please do tune in for uh, that. Um, and you can uh, subscribe to Buck Sexton with America Now on iTunes. Uh, Stitcher will be up on Stitcher as well. I believe we're on Google Play. And I also just want to say uh, this is our last. Freestyle Friday, I know it was a non-traditional one or an unusual one. I, I hope you're enjoying some of the story time, behind-the-scenes stuff with Buck. I wanted to switch things up uh, for our last shows here. Um, I'll be with you at this time, 12 to 2 Eastern, uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. I may be with you Thursday as well. I'll know on Monday or Tuesday. And I just want to say I hope you all have a really fantastic weekend um, the greatest honor of my career thus far is the gathering, the building, the creation um, of Team Buck. And uh, so on Freestyle Friday, I just wanted to make sure that I reminded you of all that. I know I'm saying a lot of mushy stuff these last few days of the show, um, but it, it really does matter. It matters to me. Uh, so have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Uh, thank you for joining me for uh, our final Freestyle Friday. Until Monday. Or until tonight, she'll talk. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.